welcome to the We Talk Health podcast, the official podcast for West Tennessee Healthcare. Please be advised that this podcast is not intended to replace any medical advice. Always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing said in this podcast is intended to supersede or supplement the direction of your medical caretakers. If you have any questions, please reach out to us at wetalkhealthpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Kara Mobley, and I am here with John Whitehead and Byron Elam. Byron is with the Tennessee Donor Services External Affairs, and we are here to talk about organ donation because this is National Donate Life Month. Thank you guys both for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. So, Byron, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, um, my name is Byron Elam. I work for an organization called Tennessee Donor Services. Tennessee Donor Service is what we call an organ procurement uh, organization. Basically, we make donation happen, tissue and organ donation, uh, throughout most of the state of Tennessee. Great. Mm -hmm. And John, tell me a little bit about your story. Well, I got involved with Tennessee Donor Services back in 2005 when my daughter, Sarah Beth, died from meningococcal meningitis. You know, uh, she was healthy. She uh, practiced softball for Trinity Christian Academy. She was doing church league basketball. She was... Uh, had the flu a couple of weeks or a month or so before and didn't feel good on uh, Tuesday and then uh, stayed home from school. I worked for Trinity Christian Academy, so did my wife. I was over the property. I had a bus route. And so phone call at 3.30 in the morning. It was Sarah Beth. Daddy, I'm cold. And uh, I got up and she's got a headache and gave her some aspirin and she snuggled with her mom and I went back to bed. I got up 5.30, got ready to go go to school to do my bus route. She just got a puppy, and uh, she got daddy put Duchess in bed with me. I did. I kissed her. I said, I'll see you later, princess. And she said, I love you, pops. That's the last thing I heard from her. I'm on route. My wife called and said, I can't g- get her up. I said, call 911. Tear her over on her, on, her, on her side. EMT was there within minutes because they did their job. They asked me, was she on drugs, da, 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 you know, everything. By the time I got to the hospital, we had like 30 people in, in, in the waiting room. Still unconscious, and I was back there, and I was just looking at her. She was just trouble breathing, so they put her on the ventilator. They did a spinal tap. The fluid came back brown. Her white counts were out of the roof, and it just they just said it was meningitis. Didn't know what type it was. But at the same time, we had three specialists from Vanderbilt in the hospital. I'm thinking, hey, <laughs> you know, right. everything's gonna be good. And Dr. Johnson wanted to air, air vector to Vanderbilt. They had everything planned up, so we we went up there. She wasn't responsive to any of the treatments they were giving her. And through, through all this waiting, I asked Dr. Barr, I said, is she can eligible for owner don- donation? And he goes, I don't know. Let's check. In the meantime, Teresa was talking to the nurse, asking the same question. And it came back. The nurse said, yes, yeah, she's a candidate. And that's where we got involved with Tennessee. Now, my vision of organ donation was totally opposite. And Brian can, can re- relate to this. I thought they just, whatever organ, they cut you open. They don't really didn't care since you're already gone. They really, I, they didn't care about That about was you. your that um, was understanding un, at the time. Un, understanding. Right. And, and the term harvesting is a no-no. It's just, it's not that. Robin was fantastic. And he went through the whole list. There's a pages of lists. You can donate tissue, bone marrow, organs. And then she, every time she goes, we can stop anytime you want to. You can, means, and Robin was, fan, was fantastic. She changed my mind, and it wasn't that. And uh, and so we decided to donate her major organs. Found out there's a 17-year-old boy at that time needed a, a heart. She got 
her heart. Right. It was days of the, I mean, they, he, he needed a heart bad. And it, God sent us to Vanderbilt for that reason. Right. And, and so, um, John, thank you so much okay. for telling that story. Now, Byron, how long have you been with uh, Tennessee Donor Services? Uh, approaching a year. Great. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to donating organs in Tennessee, once the organs are donated, what is the process for the person who donated or the person receiving the donation? Well, I'd say the first step of the process is uh, signing up to become a donor. Right. Majority of the people that sign up to become donors do so at their when they get their driver's license right. or renew them. But you can also go and do it on our website at any time. The process, I, I would say, you know, to, to echo what Mr. Whitehead said, you know, I don't work on the clinical side, so I don't, mm -hmm. I don't deal with like, the patients and families every day, but I certainly have shadowed that process and witnessed it. And I cannot say enough about uh, our clinical staff who care for these patients and these families day in and day out, uh, the utmost uh, dignity and professionalism and empathy while these families are going through this very difficult process. You know, it's a very courageous decision, you know, what the, that the Whitehead's made, you know, in, in spite of that loss, they are able to make the courageous decision to, to um, give the gift of life to, to many other uh, individuals. And that care and, and empathy doesn't just happen after donation happens. We have a, a aftercare team in our organization that uh, follows up with these families and provides um, resources to them as you know as they are dealing with recovering from the loss of, of, of a loved one. We're so thankful to families like the Whiteheads who uh, not only are courageous enough to to make that decision, but after that decision is made, is to continue to advocate for donation because. Uh, the stories that they tell have the most impact. And so we cannot thank uh, our, our donor families like the, the Whiteheads enough for their continued outreach, and advocacy, and concern. Uh, the Whiteheads do so much, particularly I think a couple weeks ago you all had a uh, softball tournament uh, in memory of Sarah Beth and also promoting donation. Yes, well, mm -hmm. well. speaking of that, when did you start the, the Memorial Tournament? Well, the, uh, we can talk about Memorial that. Memorial Tournament started by Ricky Yates at the Sportsplex. His daughter, Brittany, and Smith were very best friends. And working on that, the Plex, Ricky said, I'm going to have a tournament in her honor. Y'all do whatever. We're going to give you a space. You can talk about, you can talk to the, want me to talk to the teams about our life, donations, uh, meningitis. Tennessee donors are very big in part. Bringing up, uh, like, he was, there's a, there was a group that was meeting about once a month, just a donor family. Because there is, it is a hard issue. Yeah, we're a loss of Sarah but we knew the donations of the organs uh, helped us to cope. Uh, in speaking about her, we, I spoke to uh, Kiwanis Clubs. I spoke to, we speak to the uh, CRNA class and, and union about it. That's how we, I found more how the transplant team, what they do and how the caring that they takes. I mean, it's not like everybody thought the bad thing. It, they take such a great care of that person. It's unbelievable. My wife's best friend, Molly Wright, Dr. Wright, was telling her how she was a nurse anesthetist, how the doctor looked at her and said, you can go now. She was saying, I, I can't leave my patient. Knowing the patient was already left, but Molly, she said, I just, that's my patient. And they uh, talked to other transplant team years, a couple of years afterward, we spoke in Vanderbilt, they were talking about how hard it is for them knowing. I mean, it's kind of a, I catch 22. They know what they're doing to save lives. But again, they knew a life is lost. 
So it's kind of like, it's tough for them too. Exactly, yes. So why do you think more people don't register to become organ donors? Or how important do you think it is to share that information to people, you know, across the country, but also in Tennessee as well? I think there are a lot of myths surrounding donation. We hear a lot of them. One of them that we hear a lot is that, you know, if they know I'm an organ donor, then they won't go through the proper measures to save my life. That, that couldn't be further mm-hmm. from the truth. All life-saving measures are pursued and completed. Donation only comes into conversation when it is evident by the medical team that survival is not, not take place. So we hear that a lot, you know. Um, there, you know, there are some other myths, you know, surrounding uh, donation. And, and you know, it, it's a scary thing to talk about because we talked earlier a little bit about the difference between living and deceased donation. Tennessee Donor Services, we only conduct deceased donations. So okay. you know, a lot of people don't like to talk about that, you know, the end of life, you know. Right. It's not something so, they yeah. want to talk about, right. but it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, right. it's, it's not a comfortable topic, but it's something that's inevitable for, for everyone. And that, you know, to be able to give that gift, you know, once our lives are over, uh, potentially give that gift to, to save someone's life or even to enhance someone's life, I think is an is important part of uh, end of life discussions. One thing about it is, you know, like I said earlier, the one the myth is that they just don't care about the person, uh, and which is totally false. One of the myth is that it's my body, I'm going to take it with me. You know, uh, I don't want nobody cutting me open. I've heard the same, same, same thing. Well, I'm a donor, they're not going to save me. You know, yeah, they will do whatever it takes. Right, and I feel like a lot of that is these physicians and things, they're not looking at your driver's license while right. they're saving yeah. your life, yeah. that comes There's into play no, yeah. once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you don't even know about that until mm-hmm. everyone starts to have to and make the, that and decision. And the key thing about it is, and and, and Brian's going to tell your next of kin, I'm a organ donor right here. I want donate A B C D, or donate for me. I tell my wife everything they can take, take it. Whatever they can use, right. they were uh, one of the vision I have for Sarah Beth as we left the hospital. The recovery team was around her just measuring everything's is she's can they still look at you is she a, a good candidate they'll go through the process of finding out what can they do as we talked talked about earlier uh well my i was heavy drinker smoker just give the recovery team a chance just i mean if it's not a, a i guess that's not a viable organ they're not going to put it in somebody else if it's they will just give the recovery team a chance to Right. There are so many different right. ways to donate that some people might think they're ineligible when really they're not. Right. Uh, like that's another myth. People think, well, I'm too old or too sick. You'd be surprised there have been people in their 90s that have been organ and tissue donors. Um, each, like I said, each case is, is, like Mr. White has said, each case is evaluated individually to see which you know organs or tissue are viable for donation. And you'd be surprised, you know, that uh, many times... People think they're too old or sick, and there is something that can be recovered to help or improve mm-hmm. someone's life. Right. My, my grandfather was in his 70s, and, and he had a lot of health problems, but they specifically took his cornea. Now, he had bad eyesight, but they were like, oh, we can still use it. So, I mean, it, right. it can definitely still be used. Right. Yeah. So, over the years, in terms of the gift of giving an, an organ, how has that impacted your life? In what way did you go forward? Did you meet any of the families of the people who uh, received those, and how how has that we worked out? We sent a letter out to the family describing, so we couldn't use the last name, 
Um, there was some confidentiality still right. still there. Uh, sent to TDS, and they looked it over. Then they mailed it to the recipient. And then we received letters back. We received back from three of them. We found out who they were. I mean, they didn't have a name, but this is a, a man that liked the rabbit hunt, blah, blah, blah. A lung recipient that we met a year later after Sarah Beth passed. Uh, and we listened to her. We, we met him. I became good friends with him, and uh, he couldn't walk up three flights of stairs. Now, with not a new lung, he could do that and watch his granddaughters play softball in Mississippi. So they, uh, we, we met him. And so it's kind of neat. Uh, it's changed that uh, we speak to people at a drop of a hat. I wouldn't hesitate in talking about TDS. Softball tournament been going on since 2008. I think, quickly, I think we spoke to around 5,000 student athletes and coaches about this. So somewhere there, I mean, just allowing us to get out of our comfort zone to speak to somebody about organ donations. And it kind of uh, it gave us another uh, way of remembering Sarah Beth and honoring Sarah Beth. Right. So if somebody wanted to find out more information about organ donation in Tennessee, where, where could they go and how could they gather that information? Donate Life on Tennessee.org. Information there. Be happy to answer any questions or give me a call. Be happy to uh, talk to you about it or anyone in our external affairs um, staff will be happy to talk to you about um, donation uh, in Tennessee. I think one thing to highlight is the need. About 100,000 people uh, in this country right now are waiting about 3,000 people in Tennessee. So there are people, their neighbors and friends, people that we go to church with and go to the grocery store with, uh, waiting for an, an organ at this very moment. And, and the only way that that need can be met is by folks being courageous uh, enough to be willing to sign up and, and, and be the gift. Exactly. We always said that, um, and people are trying to put it up in perspective, you say 100,000, say, you can feel Nayland Stadium with people waiting for organs or tissue. I mean, I mean that gives people an idea of the uh, the need right. of it. In fact, my, my daughter, my sister-in-law, had a, was a lung recipient a couple of years ago, and uh, which was again we're on both sides now. And Teresa had s- surgery, and they took donor bone to replace a bone that was in her neck. So she was, uh, you know, again, there's stuff you can donate. Right, and it's uh, just one person's donation can impact so many more people's lives. Yes, countless. I mean, one person can, can impact dozens of lives um, by the gift of, through the gift of, of, of donation. Mm-hmm. Of the people who are donating their organs, are there any disparities there? There is a disparity. You know, among the 3,000 uh, folks on the wait list for organs in the state of Tennessee, disproportionately that number impacts African-Americans higher percentage of African-Americans are on that waiting list in comparison to the population. So we're working to try to increase, and of course African-Americans are not registering to be donors in, in proportion to their population, but we're doing the best we can to increase those numbers because from a medical perspective, when you have someone from the same race as you know, donating, you know, it increases the chances of that um, donation being successful. So it is crucial that we have diversity among our among our donors and those that register. All right. Well, is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about that I didn't cover? As Brian said, there's a lot of myths out there. If you got a question? Please contact TDS. So, hey, what about this? What about that? A lot of people just don't know. 
they don't they don't think about it and that's just something there that they just need to right getting the information out there and getting the correct information to people to understand mm-hmm. the impact and what's actually true about it yeah um, so April is National Donate Life Month, and on the 14th of this month is National Wear Blue and Green Day. So we want mm-hmm. to encourage people on the 14th to wear blue and green to bring awareness to organ donation. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you both so much for, for being here thank and you. talking to us about this very important topic yeah. that's it's such near an impact. Our, yeah. Yes, near and dear and so important for people thank and, you. and thank those you. in need. Thank, thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.